two, three, go. Okay. Welcome to Sports Med Res's This Week in Review podcast, where we highlight the recent news in sports medicine research. Over the past week, we've had two posts on sportsmedres.org. That's res.org. In the first post, we introduced the Wilderness Medical Society's Clinical Practice Guidelines for the Management of Exercise-Associated Hyponatremia. In the second post, we summarized the study where the authors found that runners with high loading, which increases the risk for running-related injury, may benefit from unilateral gait training based on reduced loading in both limbs at a variety of running speeds. If we take a closer look at that second post, we find that the authors had recreational male and female runners complete gait training at a self-selected speed with a sensor on one leg to determine if gait training benefits the contralateral limb and if benefits transfer to other running speeds. Selected runners all had high peak tibial loading rates during treadmill running. After an f- initial gait analysis, runners completed eight gait training sessions on a treadmill during two weeks. The runners wore an accelerometer on their right tibia to visualize their peak tibial shock during treadmill running at a self-selected speed. The authors then instructed the runners to reduce their loading by 20% of their pre-training loading values. The runners started with 15 minutes of training and increased to 30 minutes. Furthermore, during the last four training sessions, the authors reduced the amount of feedback from 20 minutes to just two minutes. And follow-up, the researchers measured bilateral peak tibial shock at the self-selected training speed 10% slower than that speed, and 10% faster than that training speed. Overall, the group decreased their peak tibial shock outcomes from baseline to follow-up by about 30% for both limbs and across all speeds. Loading outcomes were comparable between the runner's limbs and, thus, there was a successful gait training transfer effect. In the study, the authors demonstrated that recreational runners might benefit from unilateral gait training that reduces peak tibial shock. Prescribing loading feedback during running for a patient on one limb may allow that patient to focus more during the interventions, yet have benefits of decreased loading on both limbs and across various running speed. While the authors offer evidence, that training may benefit both limbs at different speeds, we need to be cautious since assessing changes before and after an intervention is inadequate to ensure the intervention is what caused long-term changes. For example, we're unable to be certain if the runners could have changed their loading over time without the feedback. It's also important to note that the interventions and outcomes were measured indoors on a treadmill. Given the peak tibial shock outcomes were measured using wearable sensors, it would have been interesting if the investigators had determined if runners could decrease their loading during outdoor running using a similar approach. It would also be important to determine if injured patients also benefit from gait training. 
Given that previous injury is a strong predictor for future injury among runners, we need to determine if training one limb would help bilaterally reduce loading to combat this issue. Despite these limitations, it may be beneficial to try focusing a runner's attention on just one limb to reduce peak tibial shock among healthy runners at risk for running-related injury to decrease loading in both limbs at various running speeds. Don't forget that we also share extra material on social media. This week's most popular post was a Clinical Journal of Sports Medicine podcast on the American Medical Society for Sports Medicine's new position statement on mental health issues and psychological factors in athletes. And if you're an athletic trainer who's looking for evidence-based practice CEUs, then please check out our six online evidence-based practice courses available through the Human Kinetics website. We will have links to our summaries, the courses, and the podcast on our new website and in the show notes. Remember, you can always follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. We'll be back next week with more sports medicine research. Until then, have a fun one.